On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Adam Bird, and he's got a, an exciting new single out called Knock Knockin'. And I've been listening to that a lot lately, so I've got a lot of questions to ask about how that all came about. But some of you may know Adam from some of the other hats he wears. He's an actor, a model, and he used to play professional football. So I want to touch upon those things, too. So let's just get started. And welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you for having me. Hey, I know it's all about your music right now, but you're going to have to let me talk a little bit about some of your other stuff because you have a pretty amazing resume. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine with me. I mean, um, this this music thing isn't new to me, but on the forefront of what's happening right now, yes, it is all about that. But I'm super open to talking about that because those are all the stepping stones, the process of you know life. Well, it's interesting because... It seems like whenever you do something, you do it in a big way. Like, I mean, being in the American Football League, I mean, that's pretty major. You've also walked New York Fashion Week. Um, You had a a major campaign for Just Men, their jet black hair color. You are on the box, which um, is probably, uh, you know, when people come up to you and say, wait, I know you. I know you from somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> That's but now I'm but now I'm hoping they'll be coming up and saying hey that voice I recognize that voice from this song I've been listening to that's all I really I, there's a lot of things that I that a lot of people want a lot of things out of life that's really just what I've always wanted to do is one of the hardest things to do which is not separate myself per se from a profession that I love but to connect you know the voice with the face of certain things because nobody nobody ever believes it they're just like who's who you playing and it's like that's me <laughs> what's so interesting is um, football stars you know athletes in general really are today's superstars so it's not surprising yeah. but you know you were I think doing about 10 years ago and I think even more than ever you know, big endorsements for athletes, athletes crossing over into acting. It's just, yes. you know, bigger than ever before. I think athletes are even more popular than movie stars now. Yes. Uh, what, what I've been seeing happen in this industry, sort of, it, I won't say it gave me a leg up because um, I still would have to, you know, do do exactly what you're describing. And it's like I was – I was doing so many different industries while I was focused on the business side of it that I didn't understand that you could lighten up a little bit. And uh, what, what they, they call it socialites more of these days, right? Because it's like the celebrity level that people get to. It's like you do something amazing already, but you can go ahead and, you know, you can make songs. You can make so- People are making songs that are athletes and stuff, just like Kobe and Shaq did in the past, but they're doing mm-hmm. it and making money and becoming stars and getting booked for even different types of endorsements to where now it's like Sprite or somebody. Cause I used to be the face for Pepsi for like the Super Bowls for like the past 10 years. But I always noticed, I was like, man, these athletes, you know, like I say the past 10 years, cause the other five, I would either be in the commercial with, with, uh, with the, with, um, with an athlete that wasn't even part of the Super Bowl. You know, I did mm-hmm. uh, the Pepsi Super Bowl, the one that Beyonce did. I did the Super Bowl halftime show. Or I think it was Shakira. I can't remember which one. But uh, they had Nick Mangold in there from the Jets, and I did that commercial with him. But it's just the fact that he was already a face. He was already somebody who was in, you know, 
at other ads and everything too. He wasn't just a player, and that's that's one thing I like. It's not one-sided, so you're so there's so many facets that you can go ahead and explore. Because I mean, I, I pretty much I pretty much believe people think and believe and know that somebody has more than just one talent to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, with knock knocking, you kind of break out in a really bold way. Um, that's a pretty hot and steamy track you put out there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that is that. Are we going? Are we going back to? If we're going to music? <laughs> well, I think it all kind of ties in. Well, when I first heard it, made me think. You know, after you know, being a pro football player, you probably get you know a lot of ladies' attention, and this just seemed almost yes. like the um, your gift back to them. Yes. Um, see, one thing I like to do. And this is my first interview. Uh, I like to do this. When I grew up on music, I grew up liking certain sounds. I like all sounds, by the way. Um, I grew up on a lot of music. My grandfather created, uh, founded R&B, Richie Barrett. And then my grandmother sang for the Platters. But I was listening to a lot of their friends. I was listening to a lot of people from around the world, a lot of their friends from around the world that were super famous, a lot of different genres of music. But what I do is when I recreate, I don't recreate songs. Like I don't recreate, like, for example, Knock Knockin' is my version if I were to grow up. Because I always wanted to grow up and remake some of my favorite songs, but not remake them. But I was just like, man, if, if I had the opportunity to make a song that was just something even like the idea of it, Knock Knockin', sort of like H-Town knocking the Boots, but there's no nothing stolen. There's no... There's no uh, there's, if you get what I'm saying, from the mm-hmm. artist's perspective, I'm describing a remix or what I would do if I was knocking the boots in this day and age that we're in. So this day and age that we're in and everything, it's not so, somebody rocking, knocking the boots. It's not so sweet and super kind and all that stuff. It's, you know, it's slightly aggressive. It's, it's, it's still showing your gentleman side. That's what I put in there and everything. I tell them, I tell them, you know, put it on a pedestal. Come a little closer, put it on the table, hear the kitty work, tongue work like a dreidel. Uh, things like that, like taking taking care of her, making sure that she's good, but it's more explosive. You know, music has energy these days, like a lot of energy. It's not so seductive and sweet, but I'm trying to mix in sexy with this energy thing that they're feeding people these days. Because I make a lot of music because I don't feel, I don't feel the connection that I feel when I listen to uh, – when I listen to the, a lot of this music these days, and I'd like to do activities while I listen to music, different different types of activities. Well, yeah, I think it fills a gap. Funny, but yeah. Yeah, and it reminded huh? me of all those great, you know, what we used to call the slow jams in the 80s. You know, especially R&B had the, the best. It wasn't up-tempo. It wasn't quite a ballad, but just a very sensual kind of groove to the music. And this was almost like a throwback to that. Yes, that's that's why I wanted to give the rendition, basically saying H Town knocking the boots, but I just called it knock knocking because it was like, you know, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of I, I speak in triple and quadruple entendres in my music when I songwrite, and the song can be taken in multiple types of ways. It can be taken the heated, sexy type of way. It could be taken in this is how I'm knocking on the doors to the to the world. You know what I mean? There's a lot mm-hmm. of, there's, you know, I'll be knock, knock, knocking on your door. Would you let me in? Let me bust it open. I want all of it. And it's like, 
when you hear all of that, that's that's for the women. Yes, definitely, definitely. I'm speaking to y'all. That's what I want. That's what I'm getting. You know. But for the world too, let me bust this thing open. I want all of it. You know. And mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 saying and the way I want to handle it and approach it. Uh, with how you just told me, I want to handle it and approach it in a way to show you that I know how to handle it maybe a little bit better. And that goes for uh, that goes for a lot of different types of ways. You know, I love that you have um, the um, was it your grandmother or grandfather who had been with the platters? Grandmother, yes. Okay, because the platters. I mean, this is some a good educational point for you know the the millennials. I mean, to have known what a what a major group that was back in the day, and to have part of that legacy. When you were growing up, I mean, how much was that part of your household? How much? How many stories did you hear about the old platters days? Um, I had to grow up. Uh, I mean, in music, you know, it's not all. In music, it's a lot of passion that's involved with all this. So it's, it's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stories and a bunch of what not to do because they knew that I was going to be the one out of the five children. My name is Adam because I'm the first son. Okay. So uh, um, they they knew when I came out, like the the grandparents, Mama, uh, Sandra Dawn, and uh, my grandfather uh, knew the second I came too. He was like, "That's that's the one." He actually didn't want me here, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what grandmother and all them, they basically, instead of teaching me the great side of things, which they knew I would naturally get to enjoy because, uh, I can see like the colors of music and stuff like that. I was always in AP wow. music theory and stuff like that. I can, yeah. I love, I actually love what I'm doing. So that's why I'm going to have, I'm not, I don't know what the time limit is, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the time limit is on this thing, but I'm going to bust it wide open the entire time I have it in every single type of way. So what she was doing and what they have been doing is sort of in more of a grooming way of preparing me because they know I was going to be bold enough to try it, you know, mm-hmm. and not only try it, but just hard headedly do it. And I did do it in a lot of different types of ways and they were all my way. And none of that works unless you have a perfect team. So they always let me know, uh, you know, go through the motions, you know, you go through the motions, find out who's who. But even my grandfather wasn't the best of people, even though he created R&B, you know what I'm saying? So that's what they taught me. And they taught me how to uh, basically not lose the love for it. Because the reason why I left out of sports is because, like you said, before I got to these levels, that's something better that, better that they offer them so that they feel like it's worth it still staying. Because once you become a professional in most industries, period, you find out that it's a lot more about money than it is about the passion of what you actually love to do. And it sort of could make you lose your craft. So growing up, I chose music last pretty much because they told me so many things about it and how to and what to avoid because 98% of it wouldn't be, you know, all flowers and everything that I believed it would be. So that's pretty much what, that's pretty much what they did the whole time because I was, I don't stop at what I want, as you can see from what I get. No, it seems like whatever you set your mind to, you get it. And it sounds like that's also, (laughs) but besides just, you know, the music part, when you have successful family members, you know, their success also inspires you no matter what field it's in. Yeah. Um, I'm like that. Uh, and that's what, like a lot of things that I'm going to pr- not preach, but just show through my actions is 
that type of thing is a congratulations to each and every individual. And I would like for everybody to acknowledge somebody, no matter what field they are in, doing great because that person is excelling. You have no idea what their path was, you know. And it's like everybody should just start congratulating things because it's it's actually an honor to be alive these days. Well, when you did decide to, you know, plunge into music, what music was inspiring you at the time? Were you going back and remembering what you listened to growing up? Were you listening to new music? You know, what were the inspirations for Knock uh, Knockin'? My inspiration for specifically Knock Knockin' or just in all of this? Because Michael DeBarge is involved with a lot of my musical career. How about just Ever in general? Yeah, well, in general, what, um, what's your inspiration? My inspiration, uh, if and to not be weird, but this is how I got on a lot of TV shows, a lot of other stuff, but it's really just me. And I, I don't mean me all the time. I mean, I'm inspired by all versions of music and everything. In AP Music Theory, I had to learn something called a better opinion. So I had to, and I used that in discrete math and everything too later on to analyze situations. And so my inspiration also didn't just come from my own inspiration. I would be inspired, and I had to understand why people liked some of the new people that, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 30-year-old millennial. I'm not the 25-year-old millennial. You know what I mean? I'm not Generation X. Mm-hmm. So certain parts of me and the things that I know about music and its history and how certain compositions go together, I wouldn't understand that. But I learned in music theory and everything how to acquire a better opinion. So I gather everyone else's opinion put mine into it and then create a new opinion out of that. So when I get inspired, it's usually, it's, my life is extremely fun every day, no matter where I'm at. So I, I can always have something to write about, but hearing people's stories too, and taking that and putting my, I can now involve my opinion of how the experience goes, their opinion too, and give a whole entirely new experience instead of just one perspective, it's multiple perspectives inside of storytelling. So inside of knock knocking, if you get what I'm saying, I'm and my underlying, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm underlying saying is like I literally create. I I, I think I, I think I create new things because it seems new, it feels new, and I know a lot of music, and I know a lot of things, and I know a lot of ways things are worded, and it just feels new, it sounds new, and I listen to it over again to understand the algorithm. But it's because I involve others into it too. So when I'm doing my songwriting, everything. Um, this is how I feel in the club. This is how I feel in other places because uh, a lot of music that I hear right now, they're just saying they're at the club. They're saying they got somebody's girl. They're saying they do this, do this, do this. Predominantly black music. Uh, well, black people who make music do not make music. Sweet, amazing, I'm in love with your body type of music. You know what I mean? So when I'm approaching this sound and this music, and what the world really wants, because it's not all good, fine, dandy roses. We like, we like sex. We like, we like that enticing, mysterious thing. And I like to stay mysterious with how my approach is, even with all women. You know what I mean? Because they're mysterious themselves too. And I live, a, I live a, an amazing, cool life uh, to where, you know, my approach to all humans is naturally the same. It's literally just a really big, really big defense. Um, so well, when being I a, being a football player, but, but being a football player, which is basically yes. the ultimate chick magnet, but yes. it sounds like you don't just rely on that. You're still, you know, you like to seduce a women and you do it through your music. And I think that's yeah. what's kind of fun and unexpected is that 
even though to the casual guy it would seem like, oh, Adam Bird has it easy. He just snaps his fingers, and the women in the club come running to him. But it seems like you enjoy the hunt, and you enjoy seducing a woman. Yeah, because every form of temptation has come to me before already. You know, like how you describe the professional football league, professional modeling, professional acting, really in this in these actual industries that work every single day. I'm around these type of things. I don't have to worry about seeing nudity. You're going to naturally change in front of a woman. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to it's going to be like that on set almost every single day. Um, There's a lot of things that come with you know, like you don't want to make life boring. in New York, for example, and how a lot of things go, it's like I don't – I have to pay for where I live, but I don't have to pay for my dinners and, you know, clothes and all these other things. So what's cool now to taking a woman out and courting her if she doesn't have to pay for her dinners usually ever either? Well, you know, you have to do you know, more. They, people have yeah, to do work, you, you know? Right. I bet you could probably write a whole <laughs> memoir just about the dating life of a good-looking football player turned model turned slow jam seductive singer. Yes. I, I want to. I mean, like, I, like, like you said, the memoir is going to be in the music. So knock, knocking. I'm just knocking on a door right now. So you hear how I'm coming in. But what I'm going to give, it will surprise. It, will, it, it should, it should lower, it should, it should, Speculation, I believe, is the new form of marketing. Um, and speculation comes from others, just like I've seen how the Super Bowls go. And I really believe that speculation comes from people believing that somebody is just only a good enough for what they're about to witness. All of that is going to change. Um, there's so many forms of what people have to give, and there's been so much emotion taken out of music that – the ones who have been training and ready to do it are going to hit people really, really hard. It's going to hit them really hard, you know, and it's going to hit them in every single type of good way because nothing, nothing, nothing can be worse. You know, let's talk about your collaborator. Um, DeBarge. Did you, was that Michael DeBarge? Yes. So is friend. that, is, is he from the DeBarge uh, family music dynasty that DeBarge? Lineage, yes, he is. Wow, I'm impressed. So, was he part of the original DeBarge, or is he like a? Okay, was son. Um, He was 20 years old. Nobody ever heard me make a sound or anything. I just left the NFL because I went to the AFL. Then I went to the NFL for like a second. Came to New York out of a whim. Got booked for New York Fashion Week for like years after that. But Mike, Mike never heard me write a lyric. Or sing a note ever in my life. I go visit him at his um, penthouse uptown, and <laughs> like from that point on, we became friends and everything. He showed me the ropes. That guy loves, knows music, and cares about people, which is the only thing that really matters around these times. Well, do you listen to um, like DeBarge music from the 80s? Because they had some classic yeah, hits. Is. Guaranteed. I was singing it before I ever uh, picked up here because it has to do with uh, me and Mike's like uh, <laughs> relationship. So, um, like, what are your favorites? Remember, like, like uh, I think it was. I call your name. Uh, All this love. That was a great jam. They had some really romantic stuff. Uh, I call your name. Uh, I have 
like, man, me and him used to listen to Switch all the time. Because it's El Chico and Bobby. And uh, Bobby, that voice Bobby has is crazy. What does he sing? Uh, I call your name, girl, whenever I get lonely, baby. I call your name. When I think of you, I think of you. And it eases the pain. Take away the strain. That song? That's Bobby. And that's that's my dad. You have quite a range. You can you can hit some of those. Yeah, I notes. love music. Yeah. Uh, Which I, of the DeBarge saying, I, I, have, I love um, Who did um, Who's Holding Donna now? Was that L? I think that was. Uh, it was either L or Chico. Okay. Wow. From what I remember. Who's Donna? I'm about to scream and ask my mom real quick. Oh, but yeah. So, so, so the mothers are there. I gave a long <laughs> spiel, spiel about it, but in reality, Knock Knockin's inspiration came from, and a lot of my music comes from me mirroring how things really actually are instead of how they're written down. So when Knock Knockin comes in, you don't say that you just went over some girl's house and she gave you some. You knocked on the door. She has to let you in because it's an invitation. And, you know, once you do that, you describe all the things. So I describe things in steps, and it ends up as one. Like, two in my sex music always ends up as one in some type of tongue-twisting way. Well, Knock so, Knockin' in the song, deserves describing a, a, a music video. So you are oh, camera-ready. You're savvy, you know, with the modeling. When are we going to expect to see some music videos from you? Music video production begins mid-September, I believe. Uh, we're getting our giddy-up on on the sound, and then the second that they see the face and everything, then they realize who it is. It's going to be like, oh, I already love this person anyway. <laughs> so, is there any prayer uh, we, that we, this music video will be G-rated? No. <laughs> How are you going to keep I've this been... <laughs> from becoming too steamy? I, I well, that's the thing. I think it's perfect that I started now in music because I've been working in the commercial industry and television industry for ten years. So I've been working with some of the best producers and directors. So when they direct things in films or on TV or anything, like sometimes you are, you know, naked or there's implied nudity or you know this this that. It's not going to be G rated, PG rated, or PG thirteen rated. It's gonna be it's gonna be sexy because there's nobody sexy out. You know what I mean? Like, and when I mean that, I don't mean somebody who somebody can consider sexy. I mean the world as one, considering an entire being as like something that's something that's sexy. Like even to the weird people, like not everything is just attractive in a sexy way. Some people are attracted to the nerd in somebody. Somebody's attracted to the goofiness in somebody. Somebody's attracted to sometimes the meanness in somebody, which a lot of people are. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, it's a, it's going to be tantric. Tantric. Oh my, tantric. you're going to, you're yeah. setting the bar high on this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, when that, when that comes to that, that's just a performance and that's nothing. That's, you know, I've been, I've been modeling and acting and even before that, I've been on stages doing a whole bunch of really cool stuff at events and it was always something I had to do with modeling and 
something, you know. So if this this will be this will be my picture. So this is why I'm hyper about it. If you can hear it in my voice, I've been working for and with companies, but now I'm working on my own imagination and bringing it to life. And it's only what I believe the world is missing, you know. And how could you go against something that I know people miss? This is starting it's to sound like it, it could be. This could be bigger than Cisco and the Thong Song. I would like for it to be. See, remember I'm when really, that came out? Go, like, like I told you, how I go yeah. hard. I, I, Mike, and everybody just tells me to relax. I, I always were relaxed, but in my mind, man, I, I not only won, but now that I have this chance to be all over airplay and have my voice everywhere. Then I get to do what I have already always been doing since I was freaking like 15, 16 years old. <laughs> it's like, that's nothing. That's the easy, that should be the easy part. That's why it comes last. So it's interesting. You mentioned you've, you know, met a lot of directors, producers. How are you going to put your team together for the music video? Do you have a director in mind? Maybe someone from fashion? Um, it depends on if I, it, like how we do things and how we have been doing things. When you, we explain inspiration of not knocking, um, I do a lot of things pretty much through, I like, I, I write down the scripts, like even for, like, if I'm about to act out something, I write down the scripts, the cut scenes, the, the timing frame, I frame, frame out the times and everything in music. When I'm recording something, I usually just get the track after I search for it from certain producers that make the track for me. And then I go in there myself and I arrange it. I lay it down. I write it. Um, I record. I do, I do all of that. And then I uh, just stand behind the, the guy, the engineer and ask him to go ahead and do that. So I'm going to have a good videographer. I mean, a lot of video, video, good videographers are my friends. I'll have good stylists because a lot of my friends work for a lot of really, really, really amazing companies like GQ, Ebony, Essence. Um, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have every single type of professional person there. I just don't know what the pe- which person is going to be what because it's like an option for each each category. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this. There's going to be a really dope supermodel in there that everybody loves. Do you already have her picked? <laughs> she's she's one of my friends. Any any clue? Any fun. hint? Ah, uh, she looks like Grace Jones, but better. Ooh, I'm intrigued yeah. now. Is this like this a? Is, gonna be is this like a Victoria's Secret model? Maybe. Oh, I can't say anything. Who, <laughs> what, what, what what piece of paper are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Too. I got I got three weeks to get in full shape. That so when do you have like a proposed release date for the music video? Uh, no, I'll say tentative. I'll go uh, around Halloween. Nice. Wow. Or well, not want... even not really. I mean, maybe a little bit before that, because mm-hmm. we're we're uh, we're in our fifth week on the on the radio mm-hmm. right now doing pretty good so they they deserve something pretty soon well i hope you have someone on the set just documenting the whole process i think that would be really cool to watch i will have to because from this point and moment on one of my biggest mistakes 
which I don't think it has been a mistake. I'd rather them see this 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 even cooler life. That's my world instead of the world that I've been in. The world that I've been in, it would look glamorous. Everything's cool, but it's the same thing everybody else does. Once everybody gets to see your world and how how it goes, and you're in full charge of it, that's a little bit more cool in herself. So, yes, from that moment on, I believe, and from from even this, when my recent trips to New York and L.A. past uh, month, it's documented in cooler ways. Everything's you know, a lot cooler. I was keeping my fun on private, but I didn't have to. Have you been approached to be on a reality TV series? Uh, I used to be on America's Next Top Model when I was 21. You know, tell me about that. Was that, were you on the show under the name Adam Bird? was my mentor in real life, right? Really good friend. And he always told me the right things to do. He told me not to do that TV show. And I did it anyway. And I left the TV show before they started making men wear dresses. <laughs> on the show, so what name yeah. were you they, under? Yeah, they told us. There was like if we're, if we're looking like, this episode, up. We're going to be wearing dresses. So, uh, oh, my God. Adam, I know you're probably not. <laughs> yeah, so. But in the credits, uh, how were you listed? Were you listed as Adam how Bird? How was I listed? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my nickname in music. Uh, see, Tyson, and the funny thing is Tyson nicknamed me Birdie. Like when I was like 22, and I was like, whoa, that's really catchy. That's super catchy because my last name is Bird, but then you just add a Y at the end. And I was like, everybody's just started calling me Birdie from that point on. But Adam Bird has always been my professional stage name. Okay, okay. And was it uh, season 20 that you were on? Something like that? Cycle 20, yes. Cycle 20, yeah. So what was it like yeah. to meet Tyson? Austin, because then I was time, like, this, he was big. Huh? I mean, he was Tyson big. He was is, a breakout. Is in, in the history of male, actual male modeling on our planet Earth, he is literally one of the top models ever. There will never be I mean, supermodels again. Uh, there, when I got into the industry, it was called death of the supermodel decade because, yeah. as you see, influencers and everybody else, including me, started getting lower prices once we got to mid-decade for certain things because influencers were getting certain things and, you know, the demographic changed. It wasn't all about only beautiful people. It's about everybody and, feeling welcomed. And it's a lot more celebrities who are modeling, you know, movie stars, TV stars. Yeah, because it's, it's, you, you don't have to pay that, that extra part and that extra talent for this, this, that. They just cut the price in half and make that person get all the, you know, jobs, which I can't fault anybody for because I've done it in my own commercials. I took a um, – for my Chevrolet commercial when we shut down uh, Times Square, I – I took the uh, precision driver's job on top of my my uh, my, my um, principal job. Okay. So, well, when you talk to Tyson, did he share any stories of when he was in Tony Braxton's music video "Unbreak My Heart"? I ask him about that all the time. I make fun of it because it's hilarious. <laughs> <when> he dies <laughs> on the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, I, I make jokes because you know he's Japanese and and Jamaican. Uh, Korean and Jamaican, and he was. I was like, I was like, I couldn't tell if you were dead or not because you wouldn't open your eyes. Oh, oh my God! Unbreak my heart. Unbreak <laughs> my heart. When he when he flips over the uh, uh, a, a, uh, a, a I think a red truck comes and t-bones him or something like that. Oh my God! <laughs> he t-bones Crazy. him. Crazy. Doesn't flip over. He always. Well, he always gives me really cool stories about certain things. Some, most of the time, we talk about how much things costed when we when we booked something. But uh, most of most of the time, we were just doing real friend things, and he would give me real friend advice about how this thing really goes. He's the one who actually told me 
when I was running away from music, I was running away from Mike and everybody, and I wasn't going to do music. He was like, we were at uh, the Underground Flight 23 terminal in Madison Square Garden, and he was like there while my friend was DJing. He was like, man, quit this modeling, man. You're at the peak of it. It's it's cool, but it only goes so far, man. Go ahead and do this music. And I was just like, uh. And they were playing my song in the spot. <laughs> but I just didn't know. You know, I was like, man, if people don't pick it up right now, I don't have patience, but I do have patience, as you can tell. Well, I remember when Tyson got a big contract with a Ralph Lauren. Were you friends with him during that year phase? Contract. Yeah, and that was major. Years. Yeah, that's major. My like the only person who has done anything close to that, I think I, mine, my just for men jet black box deal was ten years, and that's pretty. That's a pretty long. Uh, I got. I get 10 years for Marriott, Pepsi, and just for men. And most people usually only get a good one- to three-year deal because they change up faces mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to stay on something when they have 5,000 to 10,000 of the people that look just like you. Well, what did that mean to like, you? When, <laughs> right, but when like a company like Ralph Lauren, very preppy, you know, just very white – you know, when they hire a model of color for a 20-year contract, I mean, what, what did that mean to you? Uh, this is exactly what it means. Um, so I'm always called the, like, the token of commercials and token of ads. I'm always like the black guy, right? But um, the well, they, what, what they're doing and when they do that is sort of showing you, and I speak with a lot of the CEOs while we're at the shoots when we do these type of things because they have to describe it in a delicate way, of course, I guess. I don't really care because half my family's from London and half my family's from Nigeria. <laughs> you know, it's like very confusing, I promise you. Um, so um, when these things happen, usually they, you know, it's, it's like, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, what type of management is it called when you're trying to make up for something? It's not that. They're just saying, hey, our brand has been like this for a while. We need to find the most welcoming person of color that is, you know, dark. A, a lighter-skinned person doesn't really make a big statement in, in things, mm-hmm. which is why you see them in Toyota, Chevrolet, uh, Nissan type of commercials. A darker guy will be in sort of something more bold that you haven't seen him in a while, like Volvo, you know. Um, he'll be in more of a European thing. Like I did Chevrolet and Holden together because they wanted to – they're breaking the mold basically. So these next 10 years – as you can tell, it's not people fighting on the streets and stuff like that. It's really going to be them trying to break the mold, trying to break the narrative of what, you know, a dark black man actually is. These these humans aren't animals or any of that other stuff. And when we have our talks on set about this exact thing, that's what they're prepping me for, basically. They're directing me when I'm going when I'm when they're going to snap that picture. Unlike unprofessional models, when they snap that picture. Your eyes have to sell what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So when that camera snaps, you, the story and all the prepping that they did when they were talking to you and you're thinking they were talking to you normal, they're really telling you what they need to sell and how they need to sell it. And you're the best person in the best look mm-hmm. to sell that because, you know, so it's no offense. You know what I'm saying? It's true. I am all forms of humans. Of course, anybody can get to a crazy, vicious crazy level but in reality everybody's just a damn human and they all have any form of emotions or anything my job is to emulate the, and break the mold of anything like that you know so growing up as a child of course I went through all of that to get that out of my system but as a grown up 
I have every side, you know, and they have to, you know, I want to be put out there so that people see and show that. So that's why, I've, you know, jobs are offered. You know, it's your it's your it's your job to take it. You know, like when you did New York Fashion Week, yeah, which you did for a few 16 years, se- who, sixteen seasons, eight, eight 16. years. Sixteen. So, who are some of the big 16. designers that you walked for? Jeremy Scott, Gucci. Um, I didn't give Versace. My friend Ugo got it. See, like with these things, when it comes to Fashion Week and everything, I got. I didn't get upset, but it's why I switched from fashion because I was with Wilhelmina to uh, commercial, and I got with every commercial agency around the world because fashion was actually extremely racist and still sort of is, you know what I mean, until people started being like, hey, I have an opinion. Hey, I got an opinion. Hey, I got an opinion, you know? So when all this happens, we specific people, the money guys is what they call us, if you're a, if you're an actual – model and you're rising up real high getting 20,000, 25k and that type stuff like that. Um the money guys, it would be one select black guy from money guys. It would be Donald Carmichael, me, Derek Mickens or Proverb, uh, let me see, Proverbs uh and David. And it would just be one of those people. So Paris Fashion Week it would only be one of us. If it was Gucci, it would probably be two. Uh Jeremy Scott didn't care. A lot of a lot of designers didn't care about colors, but certain ones, re- like there would only be one black model, and it most likely would be a girl instead of a guy. That's why Tyson is so prominent in his times to this day. On America's Next Top Model, Tyra Banks has been very outspoken about wanting to include more people of color in the fashion industry. Did you ever get a chance to talk to her about that? Um, Tyra Banks... I can't ever say nothing bad about her because she's my childhood crush. But she knew I wasn't with any of the uh, any of the stuff. I really just wanted her. That's why I went on the TV show. Like dead ass. That's all I wanted to see. I wanted to see her, and then I was just like, ah, my life is made, you know. But um, no. Do you admire what she's uh, done? But do you admire what she's uh, stood up for in the in the modeling industry? I only admire what she does, which is why I'm surprised she never really. I mean, she I, and I knew her, Ken, and everybody from WB, the real CEOs. They knew I wasn't with that show, but if they would have empowered me in other ways, like how she does things, I could have changed the industry a lot sooner. But I'm natural. I've naturally been doing that secretly behind closed doors. You know what I mean? And that's that makes me happy too. You know, so we're the we're one and the same. She's super duper sexy and adorable, but no, we never got to talk about. Uh, how to how to change this thing up, you know? Because in reality, uh, a lot of the dudes, you know, some of my friends who are supermodels who didn't take that route that I took, they, you know, they want to. There's a lot of routes that people took to where they, you know, explained how what happened to them during that route, you know, and it could have saved a lot of people from, you know, I've been doing this for ten years, so I know how people make it, and everybody knows how you made it, and um. I don't know. I, I just think it wasn't the time for her to empower me anyway. Now, you weren't on the season when they glued that beard onto that guy's face, were you? See, I was on the first season where they ever had dudes. Okay. Did they yeah, make you over? The first season where dudes were ever on there, so I was the only black guy to make it into the house. Did they have their famous makeover episode that season where they bring you in and cut everyone's hair off? Um, I, 
what they did with us is they hit us from the women for two straight weeks, and they had us in the NBC Universal's hotel and kept us away from the women. And then our first encounter with the women was supposed to be on the runway, and then we kissed them at the very end. Me getting lucky, I kissed Lauren Caress, and she's like demi gorgeous. And I got to meet her for the first time with a kiss, which was lit. But um, a lot of other people, somebody had to do some things they didn't want to, and you know, like it was, it was, it was, it was. Reality TV is just a bunch of mental games, and if you don't have the mental uh, uh, openness for a lot of things, you could be, you know, off. Well. We're going to wrap up in a bit, not quite yet, but before we uh, leave the next top model stuff, I just have one last question about the show because people, that show is, I mean, very long running now. It's one of the biggest shows in the world. Yeah. I love being on it because I got, I got fans from, I got fans from Argentina. I was, I was in Hungary. I met somebody who was like, you're from America's Next Time Model. I was like, you watch that show? Philippines, the Philippines is really huge on it. It's a it's a worldwide it's definitely a huge it's a worldwide TV show, but yeah. I was already so a here's model. here's my one <laughs> question know, so for you on it. For especially a guy, because you know it's still so female dominated. But for a guy out there who wants to try out, what's your piece of advice for him? Try out for reality TV or for actual modeling. For for the America's Next Top Model show. For the show itself. My advice would be take the opportunity and do what you are comfortable with doing, and you'll make it as far as you're supposed to. Excellent advice. Okay, I'm going to have one little last heat of questions, but before we do, I want to make sure that people know where to find you and your music online. You can find me in every single store. My name is Adam Bird, A-D-A-M-B-Y-R-D. Get used to it. It should be everywhere soon. And uh, it's, it's just on Spotify. It's in, it's in iTunes, Google Play Store, Amazon Music, every single platform you can think of now. It's even on YouTube. Uh, the record label is 2020 Records. We started that this year. It's, I'm very proud of, to see that on the charts. Uh, you can find me. On Instagram at Big Birdie, so just like, just like Big Bird from Sesame Street, but Big Birdie with Y's. So B I G B Y R D Y. Well, I just want to close with what we kind of touched upon earlier is you know the state of music right now, and what you would like to hear more of out there. What what do you think is the big vacuum out there? Do we need more slow jams? Do we need more classic R and B? You know, what would you like to hear out there? It's funny that you say that that's the last question, because that's what I prepared myself for with this talk. See, I came to music uh, for a lot of reasons. And remember, I told you it was a personal reason, because I was tired of hearing how and music was being composed. I'm not only a singer, I'm a song maker. So when I hear that song in my head, it sounds beautiful, angelic, and I don't get done with that song until it's done. So when it comes to this part specifically, I I came to music and I didn't want to come to music. Okay? I didn't want to I didn't usually the things that you don't want to do the most you're destined to do. Uh I was told a lot of things about it, found out found out a lot of things about it on my life's journey. 
around the entire world, and I realized a lot of reasons, and it made me fall deeper in love into what I love. So when it came to this part and why and how, I can't say that it wasn't a love roller coaster. It was only love that kept it all going. Um, In times of need, when I needed to heal, I listened to my own music. This music that I have that can that I can heal myself and not feel sad. Like I can do that. There's a power within all that stuff. Where music is headed now, the world I don't believe needs healing right now. I believe the world is still being as stubborn as it can be. That's why people are still doing what they're doing. It's not the world doing this, it's people. So they don't need to be healed yet. They need to get lost in happiness. So I want everybody to Feel the congratulations and celebrate life because you don't know when it's over. So I'm going to make celebratory music first. Then I'm going to snap in and get into the heart. This is where music's going. This is where it's headed. Music and better is going to be the 10 years of the champion sound, but better. I mean, phenomenal, I believe. I can hear it and see it in my dreams. But I believe and know what I'm going to do is I know music was hurting. So I came to at least put a little bit on, on the band-aid because band music was hurting, especially in America. Our artists that we've been listening to on the radio for the past 10 years are all Canadian and British. Interesting. I'm American. Yes, I'm an American, but I have a lot to offer. I know music was hurting, and I'm just here to give a little piece to it, to go ahead and try to heal it up a little bit, because if music is the last part of our universal language and that's getting destroyed... Uh, I got somebody got to care for it. I'll give it to you how you want it to ease it in, you know, but music needs to be helped too. Not just us music. That's the thing that helps everybody else. So I'm going to be, I'm going to use my vessel to help out music a little bit. After you release the music video, are you planning on going back in the studio to record some new songs? Already did. (laughs) Oh, how, do you have, uh, so, like, a whole album's worth? Yeah, guaranteed. Um, I, uh, we're going to create new things, too. Like, it's going to be, it's going it's to be, you know, present, past, future. It's going to be a lot of things, like, because it's, it's, it's a composition of a life story. So the way that the songs and everything do make you feel, you're going to realize later on that it's just a really big, long, fun story. In every single song that somehow correlates with that other song, it's 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 it's. it's, I want to make a puzzle so well done that you would have to go through different albums to put in pieces together. You got to make it interesting, a new way. We've been working with Michael DeBarge. People just consuming music without a story, and. Even if you were to not create the story and just release really singles and all this, all this, all this, you should make it so every single single somehow ties in at the end to the beginning of something new. That's It's going to be like when your eyes close and it wakes up. That's going to be how my next track is. Well, you've been spoiled by being able to work with someone like Michael DeBarge, but is there anyone else out there you'd like to collaborate with? Uh, Timberland and Kanye. Okay, they're at the top of your list. And one one final Guaranteed. question. And you know, you put it out there, so I have no doubt that if you make, you know, set your mind to it, you will work with those people. Guaranteed. Pharrell too. Okay, final question. 
Just give us the initials of the supermodel who will be in your video. <laughs> uh, I'll give you what we, what do we call them? And when we type it, are they, are they they're not they're not acronyms, right? It's like let me know, LMK. LMK. Interesting. Well, I'm going to have to do some Google searching. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Adam. Um, I kind of knew you were um, a, a Renaissance man that you, you know, you've done a lot of things and done them all successfully. I'm just excited to see you at the beginning of this phase of your career because I love knock knocking and I just expect some Thank really you. great things from you. So uh, just keep on doing what you're doing, Adam, and I'm going to be holding you to that promise that we're going to see some great behind-the-scenes doc footage of your music video shoot. Let's go. I'm on the front lines. Let's go. 